beautiful, a beautiful day. Another opportunity to praise God. We're talking on this topic. Remember God's faithfulness. Hallelujah. Remember God's faithfulness. And I think I'll go straight to point. You know, there are times you come in a situation where you ask, why me? When that's time, remember who God is. Hallelujah. I want to begin with a quote, a saying that is over 700 years old, but still matters a lot. Hallelujah. From the German theologian, Martin Luther. It says, we must make a great difference between God's word and the word of man. A man's word is a sound that flies into the air and soon vanishes. But the word of God is greater than heaven and earth. Yea, greater than death and hell. For it forms part of God's power and endures everlastingly. Hallelujah. Now, I believe when he made his statement, he was not referring to men or women who will tell you, look, I don't trust myself. How do you expect me to trust you? Those are not the kind of men he's talking about. Amen? He was talking about men of integrity. People who will do everything within their power to fulfill what they promise. Amen. But he said, you know, set time. there are times you may be one of such people. You may promise someone. Deep within you, you want to fulfill that promise. But there might be a change of circumstance. And the person will look at you and say, ah, oh, there's no point. Hallelujah. He's talking about people who will do everything to fulfill their word. But their word will just be like a sound that flies because a circumstance or a situation has interrupted that promise and there is nothing they could do about it. So there is a big, big difference between man's word and God's word. Amen? The word of God is the life of God. As a matter of fact, his character is tied up to his word. There is no situation that will come and God will say, this is above me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. And verse number 12. If we can have the amplifier for this, please. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. Okay, let me go there. Okay, please bring, bring the 11 back. Mm -hmm. The 11 before we go to the 12. Verse 11. Oh, that's verse 11. Okay, yeah. The word of God came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an armor tree. 12. Now this is where my emphasis will be 
He said, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am actively, in brackets, watching over my word to perform it. God said he is actively watching over every word to perform it. Now, let me say that the word of God is, is a covenant. It's a promise. When God gives his word, it's not just to entertain anybody. It's a promise that shall surely be fulfilled. Amen. And it comes in two ways. Sometimes it comes in a form of a covenant between him and mankind. Where there are conditions attached and there are ones that are unconditional. For instance, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that when he was about to make a promise to Abraham, because there was none greater than him, he sworn by himself saying, in blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply you. That is unconditional. That means no matter what happens, he will bless Abraham. Hallelujah. But there are ones that are conditional. Let's read Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. I like the first 14 verses. The rest, I detest it. Praise God. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. Yeah. Okay. It says, now it shall be, if, take note of that, if you diligently listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, which I am commanding you today. The Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. Next verse. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. Praise God. So we see here that there are times that God gives his word it is unconditional because he put his name there. And there are times that he gives, he expects us to also what, meet him halfway. Praise God. So today we're going to look at, we're going back to the beginning of life and see all these two promises at work. Amen. Come with me to Genesis chapter 1, sorry, chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, I read from the verse number 8. It said, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, I'll move down to verse number 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Out of every tree, out of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day eat of this, you shall surely die. Hallelujah. 
Now, this is the word of God when he created man and put him in the garden. The Bible says that in the midst of the garden are, let's take these two trees to be symbols of that. This is the garden. We are Adam. Praise God. Because we all came from Adam. So, we are Adam. And God said to us, look, you can eat everything, including fruit from this tree that is a tree of life. But the one that comes from here, don't eat it. Now, I want you to take note that a tree here is not a bad tree, praise God, because the Bible says it's not an evil tree. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That means when you eat it, you get the knowledge of what good and evil is. So it's not a bad tree as we are made to believe. God told them that, look, don't eat it. If you eat from it, that's the end. And Bible says that tree was not just it's as beautiful. I believe if these things were not beautiful, we won't bring them here. Amen. Now, I have something here. Let's see. This is the fruit of life. Hallelujah. So, uh, the Bible says that what? You may eat from this tree. You know, and the tree of life is still there. God has preserved in the book of Revelation. The Bible says that he will give to those who overcame. Praise God. So God said, you can eat from this tree. But maybe the fruit wasn't looking so pleasant. So they ignore it. And this one, hallelujah, where we are made to believe that it is apple. It is not apple, please. Because honestly, I'm not a fan of apple. I don't get tempted with it. But when you get, give me mango, that is so juicy. You can get me. Praise God. I believe it is a fruit that is so juicy. Praise God. You see? And uh, he told them that, look, don't eat. But the question is, why did God put a tree there in the first place? Amen? Remember, he created man to have what? A relationship with man. So, I believe the tree is there to give man the opportunity to decide whether he will obey God out of his free will and love him without being compelled by anybody. Praise God. As a matter of fact, no young person here would like anybody to force a relationship on him or her. Even those days when you'll be there, they say, hey, we brought your wife in. Hallelujah. And even if you're in a relationship, nobody would like to live under a domineering relationship where you are completely dominated. You don't have your say. You would like to have your freedom, praise God. So God decided to put it there to give man what? The chance for him to prove his love. So it was a good tree. Praise God. Now let's move on to the uh, chapter 3. We read from verse now 1. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may freely eat of every, we may freely eat the fruits of the trees of the garden. 
But of the fruits in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, for nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, what I want us to understand here, the dialogue between the woman and uh, Satan or the serpent, the bone of contention was not the fruit, but the word of God. Praise God. It's not so much about the fruit, but the word of God. You know, uh, one American evangelist also said, when you think about God, what comes to your mind is the most important thing about him. He said, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Now, if I would like to paraphrase it for us as Christians, I would say, what comes to your mind when you think about the word of God is the most important thing. So the bone of contention here is not the fruit, but what God said about it. God said, if you eat, you will die. Now, let's hear what the enemy said to her. Let me still keep it. Hallelujah. The verse number... Where am I? Verse number four. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So now it is God's word against the enemy's word. Now listen, when the enemy's, uh, sorry, verse 6, it says, when the woman saw that a tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable, better description, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to the husband with her and he also ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. Let me pause there. Bible says the woman started entertaining the devil. God has said that, look, don't eat. If you do, you will die. Another person came and told you that, look, you're not going to die. God is lying to you. If you eat, look at this fruit. Look at how juicy it looks. Does it look poisonous? If you eat, rather, you become wise. You'll be like God himself. You'll be able to do the stuff that God has been doing. It's just like how people are being groomed online. You see, words are very powerful. And I was told women have problem with ears. Maybe it started with Eve. Hallelujah. So the sweet words came from the enemy. I believe the enemy might have presented it in a way, in a very romantic way. So just look at it, Eve. Come on. Hallelujah. Sweet words, man of God. God bless you. Church, when you entertain sin, it comes with consequences. Praise God. Now let's look at some of the consequences that came as a result of that. The first thing the Bible says that when they ate it, their eyes were both open. Actually, the Bible made it clear that he, Adam knew what he was doing. But he decided, out of his love for Eve, decided to go for it. Praise God. 
And the Bible says their eyes were both open. They saw that they were naked. But I believe strongly that God did not create them stark naked. Because when we read Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So they were covered by glory. The glory of God was a garment around them. But as soon as they disobeyed God, what happened was that glory fell off. Hallelujah. And they saw their nakedness before. So let's look at some of the consequences. Number one, when you begin to entertain sin, listen to sweet words that contradicts the word of God, and you give heed to it, the first thing is that you begin to lose reverence and respect for the word of God. I watched a movie about the rapture some time back, and in a church, a rapture happened actually in a church that, that the main characters were. What happened was that quite a number of people in the church did not make it. So let's assume it has just happened. Hallelujah. I believe when it's happened now, we all go. Praise God. But it's happened, and quite a number of people miss it. So they all rushed to the church wailing, crying. I mean, they couldn't do They were just like, you know how it will be like. God forbid if anyone misses. Praise God. And all of a sudden, they saw one pastor. And as soon as the pastor came in, they wanted to kill him. Actually, they wanted to tear him alive. They all rushed on him. And they said, Pastor, you told us. He wasn't the only pastor anyway. You told me. One, one, one person said, you told me. They're living together. I mean, there's nothing wrong living together for as long as we have in our mind that we are going to get married. And another person came. You said, oh, for as long as what I am doing is to put food on the table for my family, it doesn't matter. What matters is the condition of my heart. And a whole lot of They wanted to tear this man alive because he did not tell them the truth. Because he himself was entertaining. Look, if you get to a place or if you are struggling with a certain kind of sin and you discuss it with anybody, regardless of the person's position, and they tell you that, well, you know, there are others that are doing worse things and don't tell me all these people will go to heaven. Church, we are not called to be like any other person. Praise God. We are called to be like Jesus Christ. Come with me to uh, Romans chapter 8. Let's read it. Romans 8, 28 and 29. I may have to stop halfway because of time. Romans 8, 29, please. 29, please. Let's go to 29 straight. It says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. I thank God for the Spirit of God. Actually, I had a message many few years back on this topic, and I decided not to because of some controversies around it. But thank God, God has revealed to somebody, and I'll come back to all those messages. He says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined 
to be conformed to be to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren bible is talking about us he says for whom he foreknew yes i believe in predestination but this is what the bible says we have been predestined pre-programmed by god that our lives on earth will be like that of what christ came to do hallelujah all leave we have been prepared, pre-programmed to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, not like the one next to you. Praise God. He is not your standard, not the senior pastor. My life is not to be conformed to Pastor Eric, neither Pastor Eric's life to me. Hallelujah. But to be conformed to who? Christ Jesus. So, number one, that is the first thing. And number two, You become self-centered and inconsiderate of the end results of your actions. Eve could only see that, oh, this fruit looks delicious and could, cannot wait to what, have a taste of it. But you forgot what God said. Praise God. It's like mostly people who always come back and say, had I known? We'll tell you that at the moment, at that period, they forgot about the consequence. All they were thinking about the pressure that they would derive from that business, from that connection, from that immoral act. That all they could think about was the pleasure or the benefit that would follow. But they don't think about the consequences that may happen thereafter. That was all Eve was talking, thinking about. He forgot completely. At that moment, he, she just got carried away. You know, when you entertain sin, the, it will embolden the enemy to say more. The Bible says that what we must rebuke him. And when, it, when, when he uses, he tried to use Peter to tell Jesus that, hey, don't tell us that, uh, uh, what do you call it? You know, sometimes you go to the root in certain situations, especially where your work with God is concerned. You must guard yourself, you must guard your life with jealousy because the one who called you is called a jealous God. Jealousy is his name. Amen. Now, the third thing is very serious, and I think I will end there and we will continue next, next week. You, will, you may lose your spiritual, you may lose your influence in the spiritual realm, consequently affecting your destiny physically. I take it again. You may lose your influence in the spiritual realm and consequently affecting your destiny physically. You know, I don't believe in this, it doesn't matter. God of. Praise God. What I believe is what the Bible says that in every temptation, God has made a way of escape. That is not to condemn anyone, but to tell everyone that in every situation, God is able. As a matter of fact, the bigger the test, the greater the testimony that awaits you. 
everyone who stands here to give testimony, but I've gone through some kind of test. There might be a time of panic, but I have to realize that there is a God up there who can solve the problem. So when you're able to go through the test, then you can stand and what? Testify of what God has done. You cannot just be anyhow. There was this story in the Bible where some people saw Paul casting out demons and they also tried it. And the result was very bad. The, the demons said to them, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know. But who are you? The enemy knows the spiritual rank of believers, those who are really serious with God and those who are not. Let me be very blunt on that. Praise God. When people are singing, God knows those who are worshiping and those who are not. Praise God. There are those who, regardless of what they say, faith. You see, you can't substitute obedience with faith. Obedience first, first then what? Your faith comes in. Because that is what gives you the edge. You know, when you know you are doing the right thing, it emboldens you. It gives you some power. It gives you some authority. Because you know who is backing you. When someone is in uniform, it's not the size that matters. Hallelujah. A smallish person in uniform, like me, Hallelujah. Can arrest. Hallelujah. Do we have any giant here? Not because of my sight, but because of what? The uniform that is upon me. You know, by merit, there are some people who shouldn't be where they are. But because some kind of authority has been what? Bestowed upon them. When they speak, you have to listen. Sometimes you work under certain people, you see that, oh. Hallelujah. But the person has got authority over you. And when he says something, he says, yes, sir. Yes. So let's read the last scripture and then we continue next week. Uh, come with me to the book of Numbers. Yeah, Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14 and uh, for time's sake we'll jump some of the verses. Numbers 14. I want to jump some, so let me just get it from here. Mr. Eru blessed me with it for a birthday. Hallelujah. And it's one of the best day gifts to have. Amen. Even this morning, I don't know what I might have spent on. Hallelujah. Praise God. But money is good, you know. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. God is good. So, Numbers chapter 14. Come on. This is my first time of using it, so some of the pages are not. They are refusing to open. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Numbers 14, and I take it from verse 1. So all the congregation lifted their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and the whole congregation and said, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we have died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children will become victims? Would it be, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. What an insult. These were people crying and God heard their prayer. And God came in to deliver them according to his covenant with Abraham. Now, according to most Bible scholars, they were supposed to go a 40-day journey. But because of this very act, some of them lost their destiny of entering into the promised land. What happened was, let me give you the background. The Bible says that when the God, the God asked Moses to send people to spy on in the land of Canaan. And they came back. Twelve of them went. Ten came with bad reports. Be careful of what you hear. They came with bad reports. If whatever you hear contradicts the word of God, please put it in the bin. Hold on to God's word. Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. So the ten of them, majority don't always carry the vote. Not before God. Hallelujah. God suggests one person to turn a nation around. Hallelujah. It doesn't work always with majority. So the Bible says that ten of them came with a very bad report. They said, look, the land, let me say good and bad reports. They say, As, honestly, the land was really good. It has all the stuff that we were hoping for. And very fertile, and they even brought some of the fruits from the land. And said, Look, this is evidence of what the land is made of. But don't try it. The people there are 10 times bigger than us. Hallelujah. We were giants. And then they lied. They said, We even saw the children of Anak, referring to the giant that happened in the days of Noah. All those people were wiped off, according to the scriptures. They said, and we were before them, like, hallelujah. You see, compare a giant to a grass, not meal. A grasshopper. And the people believed them. The Bible says that two of them, Joshua and Caleb, thank God for Joshua, they encouraged and said, look, Yes, the people look big, they look strong, they look well-armed. But if God has said we should go, God will give, and they will become bread for us. But these people won't listen. Hallelujah. They rather prefer to listen to the bad reports 
That's when I said that as a child of God, what comes to your mind when you think about God's word is the most important thing about your Christian life. Because what you interpret the word of God to be will determine your destiny and your work with God here on earth. So they decided to believe in the tent. And they even went as far as rejecting Moses. And they said, look, oh yeah, let's begin to get someone so we can go back and I wonder how they could cross the Red Sea again. Praise God. They said, we want to go back to bondage. So let's see. God got angry, as you know. Hallelujah. Mm. Bible says, then Moses, their leader, and Aaron, the high priest, fell on their faces. That's from verse 5. Before all the assembled of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nom, and Caleb, the son of Jephine, who were among those who had spied out on the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to the congregation. Hallelujah. And they spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. You see, when you are bent on following a bad report, no amount of good advice will, will, will go through your head. Then number 10. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Hallelujah. Those people who were trying to help them, who were trying to bring them back, that they should remember God's faithfulness. How they were torn between the Red Sea, the, the mountains, and the army of Egypt behind. How God made a way. How God provided for them. They forgot about all that. All they could see was just some few giants in the land. And they even thought about stoning them. Now, the, let's jump to verse number... Okay, verse number 19. God got angry and he decided on what he was going to do. And Moses pardoned or pleaded for the children of Israel. God pardoned them. And li listen to verse 19. Pardon the iniquity of these people, I pray, according to your greatness of your mercy, just as you are forgiving these people from Egypt even until now. You know, there were people that were always... With the least problem, they start murmuring. The least thing that happened, they start complaining. Very ungrateful. Always forgetting about what has already happened. One songwriter said, count your blessings and name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. In times of turmoil, in times of challenges, remember God's faithfulness. So, he said, 
You have forgiven these people even from Egypt until this very day. 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test. Now this ten times and in less than 40 days, praise God, and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. May that different spirit be your portion in the name of Jesus, wherever you go. When people say negative, say the positive. Hallelujah. And now, the verse number 25. It says, Now the Amalekites, the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow now turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Now, instead of going to the land of Canaan, which will eventually be conquered by the same Joshua, and a new generation, the entire army lost the chance to see the promised land all because what all because they listened to number one false report and number two which is the most important they lost reverence for the word of God we're going to pause here because of time come back next week and we'll go back to Genesis. I want us to just pray. Church, God is so faithful to his word. His word, the Bible says that he has exalted his word above all his names. And he's actively watching over every word to fulfill. You want to pray that through thick and thin you will be able to stand in the word. We live in times when we, our faith is being called to test in so many ways. In so many ways, in so many areas. But it is time to stand and stand. Joshua said to the people, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. It is here that we are seeking God. We just want to pray and thank God for his faithfulness to his word. That as you hang on to his word, you will see his glory. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. You want to thank God that you will hold on to the word of God. You will hold on firm. You will hold on firm to his word. In the name of Jesus, Mandorobo Sukatayali, Libroka Sakatandiribabe, Ikarabro Sondiriba Satayale Kapu. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, the faithful is you that has promised, and you will surely bring to the expected end. Everything that you said shall surely come to pass. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, O God, for the privilege to hold on to your word, for the privilege to keep to your word, for the privilege, O Lord, to see your glory at the end, O Lord, of it in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We bless your name, O Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you so much. You are one.
wonderful. You are worthy, O Lord. You are wonderful. You are worthy, O Oh, yes, you are wonderful. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are wonderful. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are wonderful. You are worthy, oh Lord. You are wonderful. You are. 